0: of the Logan Blackman Show. We have some stories on stories on stories to talk about today, and I'm really excited to bring them to you today. I hope you've been on social media this week, because you you need to know what's going on. You need to go know what's going on in regards to the 2023 NFL Draft, because shit's about to go down. Absolutely about to go down. Now, before we get into all that, let's go over the housekeeping item first. Make sure to follow the Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram account is Blackman Logan with the show's Instagram account being the Logan Blackman Show One. Facebook and YouTube. Search the Logan Blackman Show. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like and follow the Facebook page. You can check out blog posts on every single form of social media. You can check out our prospect rankings for the upcoming draft that we just mentioned a little bit ago. So you can go check that out as well as mock drafts there. That um given the recent reports. If, if there's truth behind them which there seems to be a growing idea that this is going to happen in the draft those mock drafts seem pretty irrelevant at this point now the final thing here of course is to make sure to follow Logan Byman show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you're listening right now the only way you know what I'm saying is if you're listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts Spotify make sure you subscribe and or follow both and then leave a rating out of 5 stars It can be a one-star rating. It can be a five-star rating. I don't really care. Just as long as you tell me why you would feel the way you do down in the description below. I would greatly appreciate that. It can be about the show in general. It can be about an individual episode. I do not care. Just let me know as long as you give it a five-star rating or just a rating in general. Just a rating in general. Would I appreciate a five-star rating more than a one-star rating? Of course. Of course I would. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you what to do because you got to listen to the whole show because the show might be complete crap, and it could be. It could be. I'm just starting. I don't know where this show's going to go. I don't know what kind of route we're going to take this show on. So it could end up being an absolutely horrific episode of the Logan Blackman Show, but don't let that affect your view of the podcast as a whole, okay? So with that being said, I think it's smart to go over what's happening with the 2023 NFL Draft. Now, this is what we said at the start of the show. I hope you guys have been on social media recently. Now, Maybe that's a good thing if you're not. Maybe that's a good thing you haven't been paying attention on social media and all the stuff in the draft because, again, we've said this, I think every show since the Combine ended, at least it feels like it, that we are in the depths of hell, essentially. We are, we are in silly season, full go. Full go silly season. Like the lying season, whatever you want to call it, that is where we currently reside at this point in time. And the closer you get to the NFL draft, so as we sit here right now, it is April eighteenth. We are nine days away from the twenty twenty three NFL Draft, which, of course, again takes place on April twenty seventh down in Kansas City. The closer you get to the draft, either A. teams will start revealing what they're going to do, or B. they're going to start lying and hope that you are a pro or let a, hope that a prospect falls a little bit farther than what they're expecting. Or the other option, which is not too often the case, but can be the case every once in a while, is if they're trying to keep a team from trading back because they're gonna say, well, they like this player. We're not gonna we're gonna sit here and tell them, hey, we like this guy a lot. So if you trade back, you're not gonna get your player. So it's one of those cat-and-mouse type games. You see this all the time in the NFL draft. Famously, you got the Chicago Bears trading up with the 49ers. And then back in the 90s. You had, I believe, the Jacksonville no who I can't remember which team it was was trying to trade with the Houston Oilers and were trying to make it seem like, hey, uh, teams are trying to trade up to get Steve McNair. I think it was the I think it was the Jaguars. I think it was the Jaguars because I think it had selected Tony Baselli. So they were trying to make it seem like, hey, we've got the second overall pick in the draft. Teams are trying to trade up with us to try and draft Steve McNair, the guy you famously want. It was, yes, it was the Jacksonville Jaguars, 1995 NFL draft. So, Gajana Carter went number one, running back from Penn State. Didn't really work out because he had a bunch of injuries. But the Jaguars like, hey, hey, Houston, Houston, you know, uh, the Steve McNair guy is pretty good. FCS player was a Heisman finalist. It's pretty impressive stuff. Very athletic quarterback. A lot of teams like this guy. And there are teams rightfully calling us to, you know, take Steve McNair. And the Oilers just sat there and were like, you know what? We're not going to buy it. We're not going to buy it. So that could have been an absolutely catastrophic move if a team did end up trading with the Jacksonville Jaguars. But that's a situation of, again, they're lying, trying to get some more picks out of the situation because they're only moving back one spot. You're going from two to three. So Tony Baselli would have been the pick at two. He would have been the pick at three. They're not trading back for a team that's wanting Tony Baselli. They're trading back with a team that once either A, Steve McNair, or someone like Kerry Collins went fifth overall to Carolina. That's the same thing that happened with the Bears in 2017. The 49ers were going to take Solomon Thomas second or third. It didn't really matter. But unlike the Houston Oilers back in 1995 where they just refused to make the trade because they're like, you know what, we're confident enough to where we can feel like we don't need to give up any more assets than we have to in order to get the guy we want. And some teams get desperate. In a situation where you don't trade up is uh, the New York Giants taking Daniel Jones sixth overall. Could they have gotten him at 17? Yeah, probably. I'm fairly confident they would have gotten him at 17. But you know what? They wanted their guy there, so they took him at six. So there's all these different things that take place in the NFL draft because it's a so it's such a complicated process. It's such an imperfect science that even the smartest people associated with your favorite team lose their freaking minds. Because this is their job on the line to get people in here that will improve the team. Either improve the team or keep the team where it's at in regards to we're a good team, we just don't want to go down, so we'll draft this guy. And there's reaches all the freaking time. There's reaches all the time. And as of right now, we brought this up, I believe, last Friday. I believe that for the first time. It was either last Wednesday or last Friday, I can't really remember. But about the Houston Texans taking Will Anderson number two. So Bryce Young, we've talked about Bryce Young a bunch on this show. And Bryce Young has, for the most part, been our number one quarterback in this draft class since he was a high schooler. Like, we have been on the Bryce Young hype train for years. I think his size, sure, it's a little concerning to some people out there. But for the most part, Bryce Young has never let that affect his play. Bryce Young has had two batted balls in his career at Alabama. For a guy that's five foot ten, this is not a real issue for him. Like, that was the big concern for Kyler Murray coming out of the NFL, coming out of the college. I think he had three pass get batted down in college. But what Bryce Young lacks in size, he makes up for just natural playmaking ability. Out of all the other quarterbacks in this draft, he might not have the strongest arm, but he definitely has a strong arm, and it's an accurate arm. And when he's on the run, which is insanely important today's NFL, because today, again, the NFL is a copycat league. The top quarterbacks in this league can make these throws on the run, i.e. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And someone that Bryce Young has been compared to loosely is Patrick Mahomes for his ability to make plays just seemingly on the fly. He might not be as big as Mahomes or have a strong arm as Mahomes, but his playmaking ability is fairly similar to that of Mahomes. And if you're looking at all the other quarterbacks in this draft class, on who can make the best, who can make the most out of nothing, who can make something out of nothing, that's Bryce Young. His accuracy while he's on the move is absolutely ridiculous. It's more accurate than some of these other quarterbacks in this class just standing in the pocket normally. And Walt Bryce Young is not the biggest guy in the world. When he does run, he's very effective. He's very shifty and elusive. And what he does better than most that are people that are his size and some other running quarterbacks is he's smart when he gets hit. He's not taking he's making business decisions. He's not making any unnecessary moves. He'll go down if he senses pressure. And that's what you need to do. The NFL, as one of the oldest sayings in the world in regards to football, the best ability is... You're supposed to say it. Availability. And Bryce Young, being a guy that is smart when he runs with the football and goes down when hits are coming, that's big. Because you've got to be available for your franchise, especially if you're getting taken with the first overall pick. If Bryce Young, we said this months ago, if Bryce Young was a few inches taller, we'd be going in the whole generational aspect. Like, that's where we're. That's the route. That's how good Bryce Young is. If he was taller, we wouldn't even be having a conversation about who's going to be the number one overall pick in the draft. In the mock drafts that we've done, in two of the three that we've released, we've had CJ Stroud go number one overall because that's what a lot of the reports were saying that CJ Stroud was going to go number one overall because he was bigger than Bryce Young. But as we've said for months, the only thing CJ Stroud is better than Bryce Young at is that he's taller. Accuracy, sure, we'll give you that for CJ Stroud that he's more accurate than Bryce Young, but it's not like by a wide margin or anything. And Panthers GM Scott Fittner, Fitterer, sorry. Uh on shorter QBs, Bryce Young, and their passes getting bad down the line. When Russell Wilson came out of college, he had three passes bad down. Bryce Young has just had just two. On Bryce Young's weight, nutritionally we can get some we can do some things. And he's also naturally gonna put on weight as he ages. Russ was two oh six when he came out, he's two twenty now. Guys just grow. And the thing is that's important here, Fitterer was in Seattle when the Seahawks drafted Russell Wilson. Because I know a lot of things, we pointed this out on the show before, is that, hey, Frank Reich's never had a quarterback that's smaller than six foot two. Frank Reich's had a lot of success with, quote, traitsy quarterbacks or bigger quarterbacks. So you look at the likes of Anthony Richardson, which is someone that Frank Reich apparently really likes. And you can see why. It's not like it's ridiculous to see that Anthony Richardson is insanely talented and not all the quarterbacks in this draft class. He has the highest ceiling, but in that same breath, he has the lowest floor. There's so much wiggle room to work with, so you either slam dunk it and get Anthony Richardson, you get one of the best quarterbacks in the league, or you just get another not very good, very athletic, not very good quarterback at the next level. And he could be anywhere around there. I'm going to go on the side of optimism and go that he's going to be a very good quarterback at this next level. If he gets put in the right situation. And we've talked about him going to Detroit before. I think that'd be a beautiful situation for Anthony Richardson. Beautiful. Ben Johnson's there, the offensive coordinator. You've got Jared Goff there, who's been around the league for a while now. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's played really, really well since becoming the Detroit Lions starting quarterback since the Matt Stafford trade. And you've got a run-first team with DeAndre Swift. Now David Montgomery's there. you got a solid O-line. And you've got solid receivers in Amon Ross-St. Brown and then a healthy Jameson Williams That'd be insane to see Anthony Richardson. Do I think the Lions will draft him? Not necessarily, but I think it'd be really cool to see him there. So Frank Wright likes Anthony Richardson, but it looks like at this point in time, the Carolina Panthers are selecting Bryce Young, who, again, is the best quarterback in this draft class. And I'm glad it's starting to come around to that, because every time we made these mock drafts, I was like, man, Bryce Young's better than C.J. Stroud. He is. He's always been our number one. Again, I say always. There are portions of the last season where C.J. Stroud passed him. Portions. I think he's been number one quarterback. If you look at the past two years, he's probably been the number one quarterback in this draft class three weeks out of a possible what? So there's 15 weeks if Alabama's playing their full season, because you got thir- you got 12 plus conference championship game plus semifinal plus the national championship. If I ideally, if that's where they go, but you're looking at all those different games, and he's been the best for three of those weeks. So you've got like 26 weeks there, or 20, 30 weeks there, potentially. Potentially. That's a max, 30 weeks. But yeah, Bryce Young has canceled all of his pre remaining pre-draft visits per Tom Tom Palacero. The expectation is that Young will be the first overall pick to Carolina. This dude's been the best quarterback for a while now. Every, every level he's been at, he's been the best quarterback. Won a Heisman Trophy last year. Sophomore year, first year starting at Alabama. Goes into this season, is going to be the first overall pick, potentially. That's what it looks like right now. Coming out of high school, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. Was originally committed to USC, committed, went to Alabama. Like, Bryce Young's a freaking baller. But then when we go to number two, this is where things are starting to heat up again. And that's Anthony Richardson, or Anthony Richardson uh, Will Anderson, the other Alabama Crimson Tide member, going to the Houston Texans at two, because apparently the Texans aren't necessarily sold on the likes of Stroud, Richardson, and Levis. And what did we say a few months ago? Before all this stuff started with all these reports coming out about who's going number one, who's going number two, and all that stuff, There was I've said it wouldn't surprise me if C.J. Stroud slid a little bit further than what people expected. Now, I'm not sitting here and saying that Levis and Richardson will definitely go before him, but we have toyed with that idea in the past Because, if you look at the three guys here, what did C.J. Stroud have that Levis and Richardson didn't? It's a pretty simple answer. That is elite of the elite weapons around him. You look at his two years starting at Ohio State, he had the likes of Garrett Wilson, who just won the Rookie of the Year, Chris Alave, who I believe was a Rookie of the Year finalist, had a really good year with New Orleans in his first year, drafted 11th overall, 10th and 11th overall picks last year, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who had 1,500 yards last year, got hurt this year. Marvin Harrison Jr., who people are talking about being the best overall player in next year's draft, behind the likes of, you know, Jake uh, Drake May and Caleb Williams. Then you look at the running game that he had as well. You got two off the tackles that could potentially both be selected in the first round, and Paris Johnson and Dewan Jones. Like, they didn't have that at Kentucky and at Florida. They didn't have that. And the other thing that those two have that Stroud doesn't, they have stronger arms than Stroud. This isn't saying C.J. Stroud has a weak arm. He doesn't. He doesn't. But he doesn't have an explosive arm. He's very accurate. And at the Combine, he threw some very, very good deep balls. That's on air. Everybody really looks good on air. I've said that a thousand times. Everybody, if you're an elite level or that, that high level of quarterback, you look good on air. You should always look good on air. It's fairly easy to look good on air. Hell, I've looked really good on air. I've gone to uh, the Blue-Grey All-American camp, the regional combine, down in Missouri. I was ranked third-best quarterback out of like 30 quarterbacks there. What am I doing right now? I'm sitting here doing a podcast about quarterbacks that I'm older than. (laughs) Man. And the other thing is they're mobile, and they're bigger than C.J. Stroud. Now, those things are unfair criticisms of C.J. Stroud, because it's not a lot of things he can control. He went to Ohio State. They have Brian Hartline there. They have a history of winning. Like, it's going to happen. You're going to get the best of the best players. You're in a, You're with a team that's been the best of the conference for a while now. Down in Florida, Kentucky, Florida 10 years ago, yeah. Florida recently, no. Florida recently, no. Kentucky really hasn't. Kentucky looked good last year, but they lost a lot of key pieces. They made some switches in the offensive coaching staff. They had a horrific offensive line. So I wouldn't be surprised if C.J. Stroud fell a little bit further. But them going, like if you just watch the tape, like C.J. Stroud unequivocally had a better season than Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. Like it's not really up for debate. Who had the best season between the three? Well, I don't know. The guy who finished as a Heisman finalist. Not the guy that had 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Not the guy that had a 53% completion percentage. If we're just talking about strictly film-based stuff, then yeah. C.J. Stroud shits on him, absolutely craps on him. Potential-wise, that's where teams are starting to have the questions here. And I've seen people talk about C.J. Stroud falling. I don't know how far he goes, but him going second is not really looking like that plausible of an option right now, which is weird to think, which is really weird to think. For months now, it has seemingly been that the number one and two picks in the draft will be Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud in some order. That's what all the reports have been saying. And now we're talking about Will Anderson has entered the conversation is now the betting favorite to be the number one the number two overall pick. And what's crazy? We talk about C.J. Stroud possibly falling a bit. We talk about him compared to the other three quarterbacks pre- besides Bryce Young in the draft. And the second betting favorite for C- to go number two to Houston is not again not C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud's actually the fourth in this list. It's Will Levis from Kentucky. Because again, this is what we're talking about here. The NFL is a copycat league. What do we talk about with Bryce Young? Bryce Young is a very good ad libber. Bryce Young can make plays on the fly. He's not as big, but he can make similar ish plays to that of Patrick Mahomes. Will Levis, the quarterback that he gets compared a lot to by the national media, not here. But you look at his arm talent, you look at him jumping over defenders, you look at him going to a smaller ish school football wise. I know they play in the SEC, but Kentucky compared to the other schools that we're mentioning here in regards to the top quarterbacks in the draft class, it's not really the same. So you look at that aspect, and then you start going into the conversation of, well, when? That's Josh Allen. We've said Anthony Richardson compares more to Josh Allen, and I stand by that. But there's a lot of people that really like Will Levis. There's a lot of people that really like Will Levis, apparently in these NFL circles and this just continues to go down the path that we've said for the past week, is I have no freaking idea where Will Levis is going to go in this draft. I'm not going to pretend like I do, but right now, Will Levis is the second betting favorite to be selected with the second overall pick. That's crazy. I'm not saying it's crazy like Will Levis will not develop into a top quarterback in this draft. It's crazy to think that this is where we are, given where we were a month ago. Like, hell, a month ago. Two weeks ago. Not even that. A week and a half ago. Like, we, There's so many different factors that have played into all of this stuff. And this is what I talk about with the NFL Draft being the craziest time of the year. The most real reality television you can get is the NFL Draft. Because the difference for C.J. Stroud from going second to potentially going, let's say, fourth to Indianapolis, there's a lot of money. Big differences there. It doesn't feel like that because it's only two picks. That's a lot of money. That's a lot more sitting and waiting than what you probably would have wanted to or originally thought you would be sitting there going in. Like It's just crazy to think about that Will Levis now. Will Levis back in December was talked about going number one overall. That wasn't surprising back then. And then now we've had all these interviews and stuff. We see Josh, McNe- Josh McCown going like, when you live in Carolina, we'll get you a basketball court. Like to CJ Stroud, like, oh, CJ Stroud's going number one or two. You have reporters coming out and saying CJ Stroud and Bryce Young will go one and two. Now we're entering the conversation again from something that I thought was dead in the water of Will Levis getting entered in that conversation for the second overall pick. Now, maybe, maybe, I could be reading this wrong here, but let's say hypothetically that Anderson goes two. That would enter the conversation for the Arizona Cardinals at three, which one would suspect that, hey, we're going to have a trade here. And I look at the two teams that are going to be linked with the most, and that's the Tennessee Titans and the Vegas Raiders. The Vegas Raiders have wined and dined Anthony Richardson. Apparently Dave Ziegler, the GM of the Raiders, has spent a lot of time with Anthony Richardson. So maybe Richardson's the pick there. Apparently C.J. Stroud wants to be a Raider. But do the Raiders go for a quarterback now? I know CJ St- or uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's there. That would make me want to draft a quarterback more, really. Jimmy Garoppolo's fine, but his long-term health has always been a question mark. Like, when you look at the Houston Oilers, I'm pretty sure when the Houston Oilers drafted Steve McNair, they signed, like, some injury-prone quarterback. Was it Chris Chandler? Is that who they brought in? There was someone else I believe they brought in, too. So it wasn't Chris Chan. It was the second year he was there, right? Hold on. I'm trying to figure out where this... Was it Dave Krieg? I think it might have been Dave Krieg they brought in to compete with... With... uh, Steve McNair. I think that's who it was. I could be wrong. It's like that situation where you've got a guy that... His long-term health is constantly in question. Why would you not go after a younger quarterback like an Anthony Richardson or a C.J. Stroud or a Will Levis? So you look at that option there, and then for the Titans, the Titans are in such a weird spot. Like, a lot of people are linking the Tennessee Titans to a trade-up, but the Titans, I think, have six picks in the draft, and they're not good they lost a they cut or released or did whatever to a lot of different players this offseason. People that have been the cornerstones of the franchise for the past however many years. Made a lot of moves, shed a lot of depth on the roster. I don't know if trading up to three is like the most realistic thing in the world. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Because you have the Houston Texans passing on a quarterback, and you're going, well, hey. We can take the second-best quarterback in the draft at three, trading up with the Cardinals. But do those scenarios actually take place? Because what we talked about earlier in the episode was with teams saying that, hey, we like this guy, you're not going to be able to get him if you trade back, that is a thing that could happen to the Arizona Cardinals. And I don't know how real it is. Because apparently, apparently, the Detroit Lions are infatuated with Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech, the edge rusher. Guy with the 86-inch wingspan, everything. Tyree Wilson is a freaking unicorn when it comes to size at the NFL draft. During the offseason, or during the college football season, I guess, we first started doing the scouting stuff, we compared him to Trayvon Walker. He could be that Trayvon Walker-esque player that starts rising in the draft process. Given his athletic tools and his length and his size and all that stuff, played at Texas Tech, so not a lot of people will see a lot of him But there's reports saying that he could be the first defender off the board. So maybe the Texans take him. But if the Lions are infatuated, apparently infatuated, with Tyree Wilson, the Cardinals, since the draft, or since the combine, have been talked about, they like this guy. To the Arizona Cardinals, per reports, again, I can't say this is true or not because we're in silly season, the Cardinals really like Tyree Wilson. So if the Lions are infatuated with him and the Cardinals like him a lot, would it trade back to seven, a pick after the Lions? Would you be fine with letting Tyree Wilson go to Detroit? You take Christian Gonzalez, the corner from Oregon, but you could guarantee yourself one of them if you stay at three. So everybody talks about the Cardinals pick is open for business, but if people are, on, or people are as high on Tyree Wilson as what reports suggest, they might just stay there. They might just stay there. And that's what the recent report is right now regarding C.J. Stroud. There is a growing thought around the league that C.J. Stroud will not be selected within the first three picks. ESPN's Adam Schefter noted that he believes there's, quote, a real chance Stroud is available for the Colts at fourth overall. As Stroud goes fourth overall, he'd be the highest, tied as the highest-drafted Buckeye ever, the other being Art Schlichter, who was, ironically, selected by the Indianapolis Colts little bit different personality, C.J. Stroud and Art Schlichter, at least from what I can tell from C.J. Stroud. Schlichter, uh, notoriously, not a good guy. You should go and look up Art Schlichter. If you can't spell Schlichter, it doesn't really uh, sound like it's, it doesn't really spell like it sounds. It's S-C-H-L-I-C-H-T-E-R. That's Schlichter. Art Schlichter. <laughs> Notorious, not very fun guy. C.J. Stroud looks like a little bit better person than that. As we talked about a few weeks ago, or after the combine, it looked like the Colts really liked C.J. Stroud. So I think that'd be perfectly fine for the Indianapolis Colts if Stroud just fell into their laps at number number four or wherever. Because there's going to be teams suggesting that, hey, the Indianapolis Colts should trade up in the draft, which could be a realistic option. Peter Schrager of the NFL Network, he released a mock draft today. And, you know, mock drafts are always fun drafts are always fun. It's the most fun time of the offseason. And this is something in regards to drafts that I always get confused by. And that is the Indianapolis Colts trading up to two with the Houston Texans. I Again, I'll say this a thousand times. division trades always confuse me. Always confuse me. Even more so when they involve a quarterback who, again is the most important position on a football team. You are allowing your franchise, your rival to trade up and select a guy that could beat on you for the next 10, 15 years. 8 to 10 years. Let's not go insane. 10 to 15 years. Eight, eight, 8 to 10 years, sorry. But he had Tyree Wilson going to the Texans at 4. So, apparent, so to his mock draft, he had Young 1, Stroud 2, uh, Will Anderson 3, and Tyree Wilson 4, if I remember correctly. If the Texans apparently have this perfect grade on Will Anderson, I don't see them trading back. Because there's no guarantee. Maybe the Cardinals love Tyree Wilson that much that if both of them are available, they just take Tyree Wilson, which is what we had in our last mock draft, if I remember correctly. Maybe that's what happens. Maybe they like him that much, they just take him over Will Anderson. If he somehow falls past 2. It's so weird. Draft is so strange. Like CJ Stroud falling to four, this could be like a really weird draft with regards to trades. Because remember last year, there was no trades within the top ten. And usually, like you see that when there's no big-time quarterbacks available. It's like what we had last year. We had one quarterback take it in the first round this Kenny Pickett. He picked 20th. I would imagine and be willing to bet that four quarterbacks are off the board by the 20th pick, which is Seattle picks 20th. And hell, there could be five. There could be five. Maybe the Seahawks would take Hendon Hooker there at number 20. Maybe that's an option for them. But Stroud, like, it doesn't sound like the, the, and this happens every year, it feels like, that the national media falls in love with things in the draft and falls in love with players more than teams in the NFL do. It seems to always be a case. Because we're not in the you know the war rooms and stuff. We're not talking to GMs. We're not talking to coaches or the players. These coaches and GMs and all that could pull something randomly out of the hat that the national media and people like me did not even expect them to do at all. So that's why like with Will Levis going number two overall, the national media, for the most part, does not really like Will Levis. But it's been said since December that And even throughout the season, not even just December, throughout the season, the NFL teams really like Will Levis. And a lot of people in the national media can't see that. A lot of fans out there can't see that. But that's the difference between the national media and fans. The national media and people like me, like fans and stuff, think there's a strong possibility that we have four quarterbacks who won the first four picks. And then once you see the reports come out, there sounds like there's like a 5% chance that happens. Maybe even less than that. Less not a 5% chance that we see four quarterbacks go in the first four picks, let alone the top 10. Like, from what everything sees, we might only see two quarterbacks in the top 10. And that's Young and Stroud. Like, do Richardson and Levis fall a little bit more? So this is where the other conversation comes in with Levis being the second highest bet on player, the highest odds to go Houston. Does he go to Houston at 12? Do the Texans take Will Anderson at 2 and then try to either trade up or just select a quarterback at 12? Is that what happens? Because to a lot of people, it seems like there's a bigger gap for some. I shouldn't say a lot of people, but the some. There's a bigger gap between Anderson and the next edge rusher that'll be available at 12. If that's where the Texans go. Because I think it'd be cool to see the Texans go with CJ Stroud at 2 and then Jack Smith the Jigba at 12 and then try to do a Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase type thing. Devontae Smith... uh Jalen, Jalen Hurts type thing, congratulations, Jalen Hurts on the contract extension, most expensive player in the NFL. Congratulations to him. Well-deserved. And Jalen Wall and Tua. like you got all those different things trying to reconnect people and it's worked out well for those three cases. And for the Texans don't have a single wider receiver on their roster, really, apart from Robert Woods and Noah Brown, that could be a very smart move. But from what it looks like, they like edge rushers and quarterbacks, which if they like Hendon Hooker, maybe they trade back into the first round. They had the second pick in the second round. Maybe Hendon Hooker's there. Maybe they do go up and select Jackson Smith, the jig butter. Maybe they select an to tackle or a corner or something at, at 12. Because D'Amico Ryan's the defensive-minded head coach. He comes from San Francisco. A team that built their dominance, I say dominance, built their success off the defensive line and edge rushers. Look at Nick Bosa. Selecting him with a premium pick. You got DeForest Butner selecting him with a premium pick. He's not there anymore, but his replacement, Javon Kinla, was selected with a premium pick. Eric Armstead was selected with a premium pick. Like, Solomon Thomas, though he didn't really work out, was selected with a premium pick. Like, they select... Fred Warner wasn't, but they invest in defense, especially in that interior, or in the defensive line, linebacker spot. D'Amico Ryan's had success there, being a defensive guy, being an Alabama guy. Him taking Will Anderson, at this point, seems like the most likely option, which is weird to say... Which is something I never thought we would say if, like, a, a week or two weeks ago or whatever. That is crazy. But I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm here for the, the craziness that is the NFL draft. This is going to be one of the most ridiculous NFL drafts of all time. And I am 100% behind that. I'm 100% behind that. But if, like, going back to the quarterbacks for a little bit, let's say hypothetically the top four picks in the draft are. Bryce Young, Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, and C.J. Stroud for so the Panthers, Texans, Cardinals, and Colts? Do the Seahawks take Anthony Richardson at five? There was talks that they had a really good meeting with Richardson at the Combine. Richardson said he had a really good relationship with Pete, Pete Carroll. You got Geno Smith who just signed a three-year deal, but it's really a one, they can opt out, I believe, after a year. I think that's what the, the contract is, it's really a one-year deal thing. Maybe they go with Anthony Richardson. You have a backfield of Anthony Richardson and Kenneth Walker, that'd be insanely fun. With D.K. Metcalf, you've got the physical specimen team right out there in Seattle. you got Anthony Richardson and D.K. Metcalf. That's ridiculous. You've got two young tackles, Abraham Lucas and Charles Cross. Like, you've got a team that could use a young quarterback. They're used some useful. Maybe they go with Hendon Hooker later, but do they go with Richardson? Or do they go to Jalen Carter? So you're looking at a top five, which I think would is really, like, looking at it right now is weirdly... Is the top five all coming together now? Like, it's Young, Anderson, Wilson, Stroud, Jalen Carter. And you're looking at six, the Lions. Do they take a corner? Because you talk about them being court infatuated with Tyree Wilson, but they need corner help. They trade Jeff Akuda. They lost a few other pieces in the secondary this offseason as well. Do you go with Devin Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez? Devin Witherspoon may not have the length that Christian Gonzalez has, but the dude's a dog, and he would really fit with what they're trying to do there in Detroit. Fits the ethos of Dan Campbell of um. Oh crap, who's the DC again? Uh, no, I can't remember. I'm completely Blinken on the DC. He was a former corner. What's his name? We forgot his name, like in the SpongeBob episode. Uh, Aaron is it? Uh, oh God, I can't remember. Aaron Glenn. That was gonna be my guess, but I, I can't remember. I forgot Kelvin Shepard was on here too. He's involved in the Jerry Hughes trade. Jerry Hughes is still playing at 35. Kelvin Shepard's a coach now. He's on the Bills. Bills legend Kelvin ben, or Kelvin Shepard. Kelvin Benjamin, another Bills legend. But with all those secondary pieces gone, which which when do you, which way do you go? Witherspoon or Chris Gonzalez? And then the Raiders at seven. They could go a bunch of different directions. We talk about Richardson going there. They've whined and dined Richardson a lot. Dave Ziegler really likes him. They're intrigued by Richardson's, what they said after the combine, but they need corner help too. They need O line help. So maybe they could go with like Paris Johnson from Ohio State. Maybe they go with one of the corners that the Detroit Lions passed on. Because in our last mod draft, we had the Raiders taking Devin Witherspoon. So does that open the door? Do they take a quarterback? That's another question. The Lions could take one. Do they take one? Who knows? The Falcons. Do they take a quarterback? I doubt it, but they could. They've had meetings with the top quarterbacks in this draft. Do they take Nolan Smith from Georgia? Do they take Christian Gonzalez even after trading for Jeff Okuda? Former third overall pick. What do they do there? I would lean towards Nolan Smith, given what the reports are saying. But Christian Gonzalez wouldn't surprise me either. you got nine, the Bears, they're not going to take a quarterback. If Jalen Carter's not there, they're gonna take an off to tackle, and it could be any of the top guys. Darnell Wright's been linked a lot with them recently. Paris Johnson's got the length that they like to look for. Peter Skaronski's a northwestern guy. They got the connections up there. He may not have the length that you're looking for in a tackle spot, but people see him as a quote Hall of Fame guard, so maybe that's an option. The Eagles at 10. Do they strike gold and take Bijan Robinson? The guy with the gold jacket. Do they take him? Is that where Bijan goes? Or does he go a little bit later? Do they take Peter Skronsky, the guy we just mentioned? Isaac Smello went to Pittsburgh. You got a hole at guard. People, again, say Peter Skronsky has Hall of Fame potential at guard. Do you take him there? Eagles love investing in the off the line. You look at the pieces that they have currently there. They're all Eagles guys. You got Lepp, what is his name? Miala? Jordan Miala? Mialata? I can't remember how to say his name. Drafted. Or signed. Whatever. He's been with the Eagles the entire career. Landon Dickerson, drafted. Kelsey, drafted. Cam Jurgens, his backup, drafted. Landon jo- Lane Johnson, drafted. Andre Dillard, who just signed in Tennessee, drafted. They love drafting offensive linemen. They love drafting linemen. Establishing the trenches is what he's done, and that's what you see down in New Orleans as well. A lot of their, most of their offensive linemen have been drafted. Pete, drafted. Ramchek drafted. Uh, Penning, drafted. Cesar Ruiz, drafted. Eric McCoy, drafted. They've drafted their entire off the line. Same with the Eagles. So maybe they go with Skaronsky. Maybe they go with Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. They love that versatility. You lost Javon Hargrave. Went over to San Francisco. He can play three-tech. He can play D-end. You got Brandon Graham was getting older. Maybe they go that direction. But again, Bijan could be there as well. Where Bijan goes will be a very interesting story in the draft. It'll be very interesting. And then 11, do they take a quarterback? Is Anthony Richardson go there? Do we see a reality where Anthony Richardson and Will Levis both fall outside the top ten? Is that something that could actually happen? And we have Richardson go to eleven to the Titans, and we have Will Levis go to the Texans at twelve. Is that what is that what we could see? Is that something that could realistically happen? It doesn't. It didn't feel like that would happen like a month ago, but that's kind of where we're leaning right now. Like, if I was making a mock draft right now, that would be my top 12 probably. It would read Panthers take Young, Texans take Anderson, Cardinals take Tyree Wilson, Colts take Stroud, Seahawks take Carter, Lions take Gonzalez, I don't know, either or. Raiders take Witherspoon or Gonzalez, either or. Falcons take Smith, Bears take Darnell Wright, Eagles take Skaronski or Bijan John Robinson, And then you got the Titans picking Richardson, who apparently they really like. But a trade for three I don't really think is that feasible, given their current lack of picks that they have. And then you've got the freaking uh, Texans there at 12 picking Levis. Isn't that crazy how that could work out? That's hypotheticals, of course. But if if that happens, that would be pretty ridiculous, given how everything's changed, or how everything we thought. That'd be similar-ish to the 2019 draft. If you remember the 2019 draft, that was in Tennessee. It was in Nashville. So Kyler Murray went one. The number two was Bosa. Then Quinn and Williams went three. Then Cleveland Farrell famously went to the Jaguars. Fifth pick was Devin White to the Bucks. Daniel Jones went to the Giants at six. The Jaguars took Josh Allen at seven. Then Hawkinson eight to the Lions. Ed Oliver to the Bills at nine. No trades. No trades. And you had your first trade at ten. Devin Bush went to the rate of the Steelers. The Broncos were picking 10. They traded back and took Noah Fant. 11, you had Jonah Williams, first off to tackle off the board, which is something similar here. You can see the first off to tackle come off the board, nine, pick 9, 10, or 11. Maybe even after that. Then he had 12th pick. Who was the 12th pick? Was that Rashawn Gary? I think it might have been Rashawn Gary for so the Packers. Might have been a little bit later. And then 13, I think, was Christian Wilkins. 14 was, I'm trying to do this off memory. I think I'm doing a pretty good job. Who was pick 14? Then 15 was Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace, was considered widely to be a top five pick in the draft. That The Commanders, then Redskins, were going to trade up just like Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins was a top 10 pick. You see all the records he broke at Ohio State for freshman quarterbacks. Look what he did at Ohio State. He falls all the way to 15. No one traded up for him. Like There were not a lot of trades in the 2019 NFL Draft. Could that be something that we see here again? Because like that draft, there was one guy that was widely considered to be the number one quarterback in the draft. That was Kyler Murray. The only issue about him was his size. Everything else said that he's the best. And you had other quarterbacks that people liked, but no one really fell in love with. And you have Daniel Jones going to the top 10. He could be this year's version of Will Levis in regards to a guy that, if you drafted him that early, the national media... And fans, everything, would be hating on said team that drafted in the top ten. Be hating on them. you got Stroud, who broke a lot of records while Ohio State, or played really well at Ohio State. I guess I shouldn't say he broke hundreds of records, because I'm not 100% sure. Played really well. Put up really good numbers at Ohio State. Chris Lindstrom was the 14th overall pick. Then you had Brian Burns going to this Carolina at 16. Dexter Lawrence to the Giants at 17. Garrett Bradbury to the Vikings at eighteen, Jeffrey Simmons to the Titans at nineteen. Then we have Noah Fant going to the Broncos at twenty, and then we had Darnell Savage going to the Packers at twenty-one. Is that the first, was that the next trade? So remember the Eagles traded up to twenty-two to draft Andre Dillard. Tyus Howard went twenty-three to Houston because they were going to take Andre Dillard. But this is a similar-ish draft to that. There was three. There was one trade in the first twenty picks. And that was the Raiders, the, I did it again, the Steelers trading up from 20 to 10. The quarterback class, most people throughout were like, oh, there's some good players in this draft class. And some fell a little bit further. Haskins fell to 15, no one expected that. Daniel Jones drafted sixth overall. I remember hearing Colin Coward say that the day of the draft, but I didn't believe it. I refused to believe it. But one trade, and then like this class, one receiver was taken in the first round, it was Marquise Brown from Oklahoma. Now, there were a lot of really good – or no, two. Two. Nikhil Harry was taken in the first round. I forget about that. But two receivers taken in the first round. How many receivers have been reported being taken in the first round or how many receivers have been reported having first-round grades in this year's draft? Two. One, really, one, really, according to what sources say, and that's Jackson Smith the Jigba. They're saying there might be two receivers taken in the first round. So it's it's really crazy. Now, this draft was insane for the wide receivers. You got Debo Samuels, second rounder. A.J. Brown's a second rounder. McCole Hardman's had a very solid career, second rounder. D.K. Metcalf was a second rounder. Deontay Johnson, who's played well in Pittsburgh, was a third rounder. Terry McLaurin was a third rounder. Hunter Renfro was a fifth rounder. Darius Slayton's been solid at moments with his time in the Giants. He was a fifth rounder. Like, there was like, Scotty Miller. He single-handedly ended Kevin King's career. His sixth rounder. There were, some good, there were good receivers taken in this draft. Good receivers taken in this draft. But everybody at the time was like, oh, it's a, it's a shallow draft. It's a, it's a not very good receivers draft. There's always going to be good receivers in drafts. They might not be as high profile as previous years, but I've said this a thousand times. We are getting into the age of football where the receivers are going to be better than they've ever been before in regards from a talent t- standpoint. These receivers are ridiculous now. Because all these seven on seven camps, they're ridiculous. So, do I think there might be a a shortage of receivers in the first round, as there as opposed to la- like, like last year, like last year, like we had what we had Drake London go eighth, we had Garrett Wilson go ten, Chris Olave eleven, Jahan Dotson I think went sixteenth, Traylon Burks went eighteenth. Was there more receivers taken after that? I gotta find out. Just hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There might have been one more, but I'm I'm blanking. I remember I said George Pickens should be a first-rounder, but he wasn't. No, so there – either way, I Jamison Williams. Williams, there was one. Jamison Williams went 12th. That's six receivers taken in the first – not just first round. That's six receivers taken in the first 20 picks. Six. So maybe we're not talking about, like, oh, this is a great receiving class as opposed to this. There's gonna be good receivers taken. There's gonna be good receivers taken. There's no Jamar Chase. There's no Heisman winning wide receiver. There's none of those. There's no former basketball players switching over to football, to my knowledge, anyways. But there's good these receivers are gonna pan out. There's gonna be some good receivers in the draft. And I understand why they got some concerns around them. I understand that. Jordan Addison did test that well. But hey, Jordan Addison put up some insane numbers in college, namely at Pitt. 1,500 yards, Blitnikoff winner. I know accolades don't really matter to the NFL draft, but put up good numbers while at Pitt. Didn't put up as good of numbers at USC, but still a very good receiver. Zay Flowers might not be that big and went to Boston College, but the dude's an elite route runner. Same with Jack smith Jigba. The only issue with Jack smith Jigba is his hamstring injury. Because that's an injury that is, you know, that can reoccur a lot. That's not something that's just, oh, it's done, it happened, oh, it's done, never happened again. And he's played mostly in the slot. But I've compared Jack Smith-Ajigba the to Justin Jefferson in regards to he's going to fall a little bit farther than what he should. Because Justin Jefferson at LSU was a baller. There's a reason why the Vikings laughed at the Eagles when they drafted Jalen Rager above him. There's a reason for that. Justin Jefferson is a freaking menace at wide receiver. And he was in college, too. I think he was third in the nation receiving yards. He was an absolute menace. Got drafted 22nd. That's ridiculous, given especially given where he is now. Top three receiver in the NFL. Could be number one, depending on who you ask. I think Smith and Jigba could be someone like that, but that hamstring injury is a little bit different than what Jefferson was because Jefferson was primarily seen as a slot guy at LSU. And now look where he's done. He's four spots above the guy who was, who was drafted before him in the depth chart at the Vikings. I don't know how far ahead he is. <laughs> how far he is about Jalen Rager, but it's fun. The draft's so much fun. The draft's so much fun. But it does kind of compare to the 2019 draft. And one thing I love about the draft is that we kind of talked about this on Monday. People having their definitive opinions about what players are going to be. And I'm not saying this is what they're saying that this is what's going to happen. But I like we talk about predicting busts before they play it down in the NFL. I also hate when people try to say can't miss prospects. I hate that. I really do. I think there's better prospects than some, and people that I feel confident will be very good players at this next level, but I don't want to put that much added pressure on them. So can't miss prospects. There are six of them. I don't know who this is according to. The NFL Network tweeted this, or posted this on Instagram, sorry. Next-gen stats can't miss prospects. They are Bijan Robinson, Bryce Young, Christian Gonzalez, Will Anderson, Peter Skronski, and Tyree Wilson. I think we're talking about safest, I think is probably the safest. Because I think him at guard would be insane. That was the same thing that happened in 2018. Quentin Nelson, safest pick in the draft, by far. He had a down year last year, but when he came into the NFL, he was the best, of, best guard in the NFL his first year. I don't want to say quarterback. I don't like putting quarterbacks on there because there are a lot of things that can go wrong for a quarterback not to work out. Bijan Robinson, he feels safe. He feels very safe. But I don't want to put a running back on there either. Like, edge rushers and offensive linemen, usually guards, I feel the most comfortable about. Because tackles, there are a lot of different things that could play into that. But guards, I feel more comfortable saying that. And Peter Skronsky can play tackle in the NFL. I'm not, like, damning him to say, oh, he can only play guard. There is a ch- He could play tackle in the NFL. He could play tackle. But I think, like, looking at what reports are saying, they seem like he's going to play guard. Chris Gonzalez has all the tools to be there, and I think his worth ethic is really good. Trains from Colorado, going to Oregon. I think him and Devin Witherspoon are on that same trajectory. Tyree Wilson, as far as tools go, I I think this guy will be really good in the NFL. I think think Will Anderson will also be very good in the NFL. I'm not going to sit here and predict who I think will not be misses or people who will be busts. I don't think that's fair to any of these players. But I'm not saying I disagree with any of these, really. I think all these guys will be good in the NFL. I think all of them will. Like, and I There's some people out there that believe Tyree Wilson's going to be a better pro than Will Anderson. Hell, Chris Sims had him as the number one player of the edge rushers, and Will Anderson at number five. I think that's a little bit mean. I think that's trying to do the whole I'm different type thing. But yeah, several NFL scouts and coaches reportedly believe Tyree Wilson will be a, quote, better overall pro than Will Anderson. Most scout, multiple scouts reportedly quote, wouldn't be surprised if Wilson went ahead of Anderson in the draft. He may not have put up the same numbers, but dude's got all the traits to be a really, really good player in the NFL. Several NFL scouts and coaches reportedly believe Jalen Carter is the best overall defensive talent in the NFL draft they've seen in the past decade. Sears are reportedly quote, ready to trade up for Carter if he's available at ninth overall. As we talked about in 2019, they traded up from 20 to 10. Now they could trade up from 17 to nine potentially. Carter's met with the Bears, Lions, Raiders, Eagles, Seahawks, and plans to meet with the Falcons this week. The thought around the league is that Carter does not make it past the top 10. I don't think he does. I don't think he does at all. We've said that the entire process. Multiple enough scouts reportedly believe Hennon Hooker will, quote, not make it, uh, make it past the 29th overall pick. The commanders reportedly, quote, really like the Volunteers QB as well. If Hooker is to go in the first round, he would be the second-oldest quarterback draft in the first round of the Common Draft era. Brandon Whedon, famously, drafted at 28 years old. Hendon Hooker is a a little bit better, a little bit more mobile than uh, the 28-year-old former pitcher-turned-college-quarterback. But, man, him, (laughs) you got him, and then you got um, Justin Blackman, one of the more chaotic college football teammates ever. I don't know what Justin Blackman's doing now. I don't know. There was a stretch that he was, like, still on the roster – and, <laughs> oh, my God. I, I love the draft. It's just so fun. It's so fun. Imperfect science. I will say that every year it is an imperfect science, and people will always, like, I get super hyped about it. I'll lose sleep over it. What does this one say? Compare to 24 24-year-old passing star David Mills, and then who are they comparing to? Justin Fields. Fun stuff. Comparing contrasting quarterbacks, even though they're two completely different situations. Fun stuff. I think Davis Mills is fine. So if they don't draft a quarterback, I think they could develop him. I think he's got the tools to be a good quarterback, but I just think C.J. Stroud is a higher ceiling than him. So that's my thoughts about that. But who knows? Who the hell knows what the Houston Texans are going to do? Now, speaking of quarterbacks, I- I'm going to end the show a little bit earlier today, keep it a little short. We've had a few long shows in a row. I think it's time we-, we tone it down a little bit. I think it's time we tone it down. Uh, Josh Allen, I don't know if you guys saw this, but is single. and is also rocking a flow now. So if the NFL world is already not on notice, uh, get on notice now because single-flow Josh Allen is coming for you. He's ain't going to tear shit up. He said he's never been more focused on football ever in his life. Get ready. And Stephon Diggs is pissed off this entire offseason. You got Randy Moss, Tom Brady, undefeated Patriots level, except they're going to win the actual Super Bowl this year. And you got DeMar Hamlin coming back this season, which is insane, awesomely insane, but I'm excited, I'm excited, players reported yesterday, I'm excited to see what the Bills do this year, I'm excited to see who they draft, it seems like they're going to take a linebacker, that's what my guts told me, I think that they like some of the receivers, but the Bills love drafting defenders in the first round, love drafting defenders in the first round, other than Josh Allen, they haven't done it, since Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have been there, they've only drafted defenders in the first round. Josh Allen has ever played, only ever played with one first-round offensive we- offensive player ever in his time at Buffalo, and that was Kelvin Benjamin. Only his rookie year. If you want to count Diggs because they traded a first-round pick for him, then sure, you can count that, I guess. But in regards to where they were actually drafted, he's never played with a first-round draft pick. So I don't think that's going to change. I would love to see a change. I would love to see like Jordan Aston be brought in or something, or Zay Flowers. I don't think Jack Smith the Jig will be available, but... There's a chance, I guess, Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison are available. Jalen Hyatt would be really cool too. But they've kind of pigeonholed themselves in the recor- in linebacker and they kind of love to do that where they kinda of pigeonhole themselves. So we'll see what happens. But I think that's all I've got to go- gonna go with today. We're gonna keep it again, a little bit shorter. I hope you enjoyed the show. If not, I sincerely apologize. Hopefully it'll be better next time. For your like I hope it meets your liking next time. The draft, we are a wee- just over a week away from the draft. Very exciting stuff. And yeah. We'll have a mock draft coming up for you shortly. I'm not going to say this week. I'm not even going to say Monday. It might just come out on draft day. We'll have to wait and see on that. But, yeah, hope you enjoyed. If not, I apologize. Make sure you follow Logan Blattman Show on every single form of social media that we mentioned before. And, of course, the Apple Podcast, and Spotify accounts. And I will see you all later. Peace.